Hey there, thank you for joining the live podcast, a podcast provided by the Love Yourself Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit aimed to help spread the message of self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has in not only building a better relationship with yourself, but a better relationship with others and with our beautiful planet. So if you're on a mission of self-healing, of self-improvement, of self-discovery, this podcast is for you. Be sure to like us on all social media platforms at the LY Foundation, at our website, thelyfoundation.org. And we're so thankful that you found us and we just hope to help you no matter where you are in your journey and to remind you that you are the most important person in your life. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is JR, technology coordinator and board member for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is Ayla, growth and development coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. Trying to get our energy up, JR. Are you ready for that. today? I really am, but also it's not a conversation podcast episode if it wasn't started out like that, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> How have you been? I am so excited because I've been feeling so good after this first week. And I'm excited to dive into it because based on how the week went, I'm really looking forward to what the rest of the weeks hold for us. Unraveling those past kind of grievances that have been over me and seeing where it leads me. Because so far, I'm feeling a lot more energized, I think, for just being more creative and trusting myself. Yeah, and I, I feel the same way too. I know that before we hopped on here, I just kept saying how positive this whole week has been so far, but I do feel the same way too. There is a lot more energy. There's routine finally, definitely getting things. And the fact of, of just being consistent with not only just the morning pages, but just trying to make sure that I'm on top of what needs to be done for this week for the episode and for the artist way has definitely driven me into the right direction as far as inspiration and overall just the enjoyment of the entire process so far. And I'm so happy to hear that because I was worried. I was like, oh, I know. I hope when we get through it that it actually holds that energy throughout. I think it's promising to hear that from both of us. And before we go into our weekly check-in, of course, today's episode, we're going to go over what week one kind of taught us, what we felt about it. For you listening, I want to start with what the week one topic was about, which is recovering a sense of safety. And it says this week initiates your creative recovery. The readings, tasks, and exercises aim at allowing you to establish a sense of safety, which will enable you to explore your creativity with less fear. And I think that's actually a great place to start because diving in to be creative without unraveling those past things definitely makes it a lot harder which is why i'm i think happy that we started with this kind of topic yeah i agree i know that one of the aspects of this week was positive affirmations and kicking the negativity out of your mind from stopping you from being creative or experiencing these creative avenues that you've been wanting to venture into i think this was the perfect starting point to just set your mind in the right place in order to pretty much accept the things that are going to be happening the remainder of the 12 weeks, right? That was something that really resonated with me. And I know we've talked about this in length in a couple episodes of just 
not having a lot of self-esteem or having that negative self-talk and really understanding why that is so detrimental to not only your creativity, but just you as a human being and being able to experience these exercises within the week to help you as you move forward was really beneficial for me. And I hope it was the same for you as well. Yeah, definitely. Going through all of the activities and everything, it reset me. Like It was like a balancing. And so I think that with the weeks to come, we'll be able to see how we build on that process, which is really exciting. And with that, we can go into the check-in, which every week we have to do a check-in as part of the program where there's three questions we have to go over. The first being, how many days this week did you do your morning pages? How was the experience for you? Yeah, so I'm very happy and very proud of myself because I did do the morning pages every single day this week. And wow. I know, I know, please lower your applause. Wow, <laughs> so everyone. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, what I have written down, and I'll just go over it real quick, is I've done the morning pages every day. I'm extremely proud of myself for sticking with it because I usually fall off after a couple of days. The experience so far is great, almost therapeutic. It's exactly what I needed right now. And cool. it's allowed me to be consistent with, again, I'm going to keep using this word routine, but every morning I've blocked out time for myself. I've set a, a, an alarm that's a little bit earlier than when I usually get up. So that way I can have enough time to do the morning pages in the morning and really putting in a, the effort to make sure that it's a non-negotiable. Like this has to be done before you do anything else. And I've been able to be consistent with it. Not only that, but it's affected the things within my life to have more structure, if you will. So I've been able to really focus on the things that I need to get done and things that need to be taken care of, not only at home, but at work. And it's just been just an amazing experience so far. And really at the core of it, you're only just writing three pages every day, but something about that feeling of getting the words out on paper, getting the things mm -hmm. out of your head is really just allowing me to start my day off in the right way. For sure. My news is that I didn't do it every single oh, day. Oh, okay. I know. I did it five out of the seven. I obviously didn't intend not to do them. I only had four hours of sleep on Tuesday. That's and not good. I just forgot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap, because it was so new to what we were doing that my brain just hadn't got used to yet. And it happened again as well. And so I think like I've done it four days in a row now, which is good. Yeah. And so I'm getting used to it again. I think the experience for me so far at first, I was like, wow, my hand hurts. I'm not used to writing out like physically. Usually I'm typing, but I've gotten used to it throughout the days. Like that muscle, I guess, gotten stronger for me. And I still have those times when I'm writing through the pages and I'm like, wow, this is taking a long time and I want to just get started with my day. But I've learned to use the morning pages as a way to prepare myself for what I'm going to do by either setting a to-do list or getting all my thoughts out about how the day is going to go. Um, and I've noticed that that's been really helpful and I've been in tune to that. So my experience is still very much molding to what it's going to be, but I definitely give you props for doing seven out of seven and that's <laughs> my goal for next week. So we'll see if that continues. <laughs> hey, like anything that we do, any type of anything that we start within the conversation, everybody who's listening knows this by now is just give yourself some grace, something mm -hmm. new. We'll see you again next week and 
go from there. But with that in mind, the second question for the week one check-in, did you do your artist date this week? What did you do and how did it feel? I did do my artist date, so I can say that I okay, actually accomplished okay. that. I actually spent the time on Procreate on the iPad drawing. Oh, nice. And it felt really good to just create whatever comes to mind and explore. I have had that app for so long, and I haven't drawn on it in probably like a year and a half. And it felt nice to just be able to sit down and have no judgment for what the outcome is going to be, but really just playing around with it and being able to go along with that with whatever comes up so i'm excited i know definitely next week i'm gonna want to do something physical so non a non-digital art but i really enjoyed it and i'm excited to see as the weeks go on the different kind of things that come up for me during that process because i know for this week i definitely felt wow i wish i did this more often yeah that's really cool i'm glad that you ended up doing that and i know how much that is important to you when you have the time to do it, right? And yeah, I think that's really cool. What about you? I took it a different way. I don't know if this is considered a true artist date, but through UNLV, they have this thing called LinkedIn Learning, which is basically like lynda.com. It has courses and things that you can learn from. I actually took the two hours to sit through a photography course. Oh, cool. And that was my way of... I've been into photography and videography for a little bit now. Nothing, I didn't learn professionally or anything like that. But I've always had this desire to learn professionally and actually go through a course or study or anything like that. So I told myself that, you know what? I know that I have the time to do this and I never just sit down and just do it. So I ended up doing it yesterday and it was actually a really cool experience because there were some things that I already knew, but majority of it I didn't know. And I, I think that what it's doing for me is creating these building blocks of me getting to that creative side or that creative area that I want to be in when it comes to photography. Just like you already planning to do something else next week, I think we're just going to build on that and actually take my camera out to somewhere and just start Cool. Yeah, I'm happy that I did that and I'm happy that I had the attention span, which I haven't <laughs> had in quite some time, to go through a course like that and uh, excited where to, where it goes from here. Yeah, I think it counts just because you're giving your artists the time to be able to learn it. And so I'm excited to see what kind of things come out of that, for sure. I know the third question is, were there any other issues this week that you consider significant for your recovery? Describe them. Yeah, so I I think that we'll touch on this too as we go through what exercises we ended up doing. Within the week one lesson plan, there was a section there that asked for you to write down your blurts. Yeah. Any kind of negative thoughts or negative sayings that come into your head for you to analyze as you're going throughout the week. And for me, the blurts and identifying where they stem from was my difficulty because a lot of the time when I was trying to figure out where they came from, I couldn't help but feel like I was blaming myself majority of the time and not really diving further into why these negative thoughts come in. Definitely work through that and we'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, later in the episode, but that was definitely one of the more difficult parts of this week for me. Interesting. I want you to know I share that sentiment. I actually found myself staring at my screen saying, I believe that. And mm -hmm. I couldn't find out why. I couldn't pinpoint it as well. And so I definitely think it takes more of a time of reflection to consider. But I want you to know that's not something unique to you, at least in my 
kind of scope there. I appreciate that. What about you? What was what was difficult this week for you? I think I got through the material really well. It aligns with what I'm doing in therapy, which is really nice. But I will say that for me, the issues that I think were significant to my recovery is how I managed my time just in general. Mm -hmm. And I think that I didn't like plan enough that I should have. And so moving forward, what I want to do is make sure that I'm waking up that 30 minutes early for the morning pages just so I'm not scrambling or feeling rushed and then I also want to do one activity per day instead of relying on doing like a couple per like a couple on one day a couple on another day just so it feels right. more spread out and that I'm not inevitably just harming myself because I'm the only one that's being sacrificed by not doing them and to get the full right. experience out of the program I want to make sure that I'm designating the time that best suits how I want to approach it. Yeah, I think that's an absolutely amazing idea. And I'm happy that a lot of the things that you're going through, you're aligning with what's being done in therapy as well. I think that kind of creates a connection at least and makes a reality of what you're going through within these weeks. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. With that, we can dive into what week one has taught us. The first section that we're going to go into is the idea of a shadow artist. And it talks about how our needs as creative beings is to be supported. And unfortunately, that's hard to come by. And because of that, if we don't receive that support early on, oftentimes later in life, we will be a shadow artist, which means that from the shadows, basically, we will be really invested, intrigued, supportive of other people that are doing those creative endeavors without ever doing them ourselves. Is there anything you want to add to that, JR, before I move on to my own thoughts about it? Yeah, that one really resonated with me throughout the week and the sense of beating yourself up or not taking yourself seriously when it comes to your creative side has definitely plagued me for a while now. And um, it was humbling to see it written down and expressed a little bit further than what I could do for myself. And a couple of things that came about that were some quotes, progress, not perfection. And a big one is give yourself permission to be a beginner. And it really allowed me to understand that, like you had mentioned before, I'm not unique in this situation. A lot of people go through something like this and having the writing there to guide me in the right direction has allowed me to put things into better perspective and allow myself to to really just know that because you're feeling this way doesn't mean you're going to be stuck that way. Yeah, I really resonated with this section. And like I said, I have gone through the first four weeks of the program before and similar to the first time I read it, I was reminded that's my experience and it's an interesting way to live in admiration of others that are able to do it. And I often tell myself like I could do that if I tried, but there isn't the part of me that like will commit to doing it and trying to. And so I find that often I'm in admiration of all different kinds of artists. And I think that like in, in some medias you can just be a fan, but I, definitely want to be the creative that is within me almost like I'm just like scared to and I think that's what this week was really about is diving into where those fears come from and in that I like the quote at the end of the section which says to live a creative life we must lose our fear of being wrong 
And I think that's kind of the sum of it for me where I don't want to do the wrong thing, but who defines that really? And so that quote really stuck with me. Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, I feel the same way too, that there is this fear of getting into something that you want to be creative about. And part of, for me, is sharing that creative side and not wanting to be judged or it being compared to other people and their work that there is this inherent fear or this feeling of being scared of what could or what couldn't happen or any of that. And Julia mentions in the book that what you are is scared. Core negatives keep you scared. And I think a lot of what we're learning throughout this week is trying to break through that barrier of that negativity. So that way you can allow yourself to express yourself and have the confidence within you to go after what it is that you want. And that really just summed it up for me. Definitely. And that kind of leads into the next section, which talks about protecting the artist child within. It says that, remember, your artist is a child. Find and protect that child. Learning to let yourself create is like learning to walk. You must begin by crawling. And that idea is almost something that's duh, right? Like you have to start, obviously, from the beginning. But she talks about how when we judge our early efforts, it's abuse because you're comparing your beginning work to masterworks of other artists. And I feel like no matter how many times I tell myself that, I still can't take that kind of separation for myself to be like, I will get better. I don't have to be there right now. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it's interesting how as we get older, the more that we're trying to understand and realize the protection of who our child was and is. I think it was really interesting to go over that section because it is one of those ideas of nurturing in order to be a better creative or at least getting started to. And the idea of comparing your work, your beginning work to masterwork is something that I think everybody can relate to and has experienced before. And I've gone through it personally where I want to create something and I want to put it out there, but all I can do is look at what either a mentor or somebody that I look up to, what they do and realizing that I'm nowhere near where they are. The reality of it is that person was going through the same thing you're going through. And it took people years upon years to get good at what they do that it's almost it's unfortunate to have that belief that you can't get there because what you're starting out with doesn't look or feel the same as somebody that you look up to yeah and i think that with this culture of being able to have access to that information at all times and be able to see the works of every person and follow that journey it does feel like you're the only one that doesn't know how to do it (laughs) but obviously other people are not posting that process and at the end of the section she says that in order to recover as an artist you must be willing to be a bad artist give yourself permission to be a beginner by being willing to be a bad artist you have a chance to be a artist and over time a very good one and that really resonated with me and that's the paragraph that i'm up for me during these 12 weeks to say if you can commit to it you can become a very good one and you deserve to give yourself the chance to do that and i think that just being able to say that shows me that this process is sitting with me and hopefully getting me somewhere 
Yeah, I love that. And it's funny you bring that up because I literally have it highlighted. I have give yourself permission to be a beginner circled. And as much as it has resonated with you, it's done the same for me too. And I think that's a great thing to hold on to throughout the rest of the weeks and everybody who's listening as well to remember that is the thing that I like the most was must be willing to be a bad artist. Not everybody's work is perfect. And the reality of the situation is not everybody's perfect, period. So why would you hold yourself on a higher pedestal, especially when you're starting off? It just it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to to realize that you have to give yourself grace. And when you're going through something like this, it's going to take time. And more, most importantly for me is with anything that you do, creative or not, just enjoy the process. Definitely. And I think that's the part that's going to be the hardest thing to get over. And once I can get over that, and we'll find out what week it is, hopefully, it'll be really instrumental to my own self-development journey and the way that I'm able to find what I want to do and not hold that judgment over myself. Yeah, I feel the same way. And that leads us to the next section, which you've already touched on a little bit, our core negative beliefs. And it says that most of the time when we are blocked, it's because we feel safer that way. And we may not be happy, but at least we do know what we are. And she goes on to list some common negative beliefs. Do you want to go into which ones out of those stuck out to you? Yeah, I actually have a couple of them highlighted as I was reading through them. A couple of them that I have here are, I don't have good enough ideas. Me too. Same one. (laughs) I will do bad work and not know it and look like a fool. Uh, Okay. (laughs) We're like the same person. And the last two that I have is I will feel bad because I don't deserve to be successful. And then the last one is it's too late. If I haven't become a fully functioning artist yet, I never will. JR, we have the same ones. The only other one I do have highlighted is I will never have any real money. Oh, Um, yeah. Out of the fear that like I'm not doing a quote unquote real job. And because of that, like the fear about not being able to make money to sustain. But otherwise, same, (laughs) especially the last one. If I haven't yet, then I never will. And it's crazy because like we still have so much time. And she talks about earlier in the section that if you don't start now, you'll be the same age as if you did start. And I'm probably saying that wrong, but no matter what time's gonna go by, so you can either have time go by and not start at all, or you can have time go by and having had that progress and continue on. And that kind of relates to this one for me. But these beliefs are definitely something that are not gone after this first week. And I'm hoping that as we go through the weeks, they are something that we can say that like, I've been able to let that go. Yeah, no, a lot of that really is something that I've struggled with for a very long time. We've had conversations about this and just how detrimental negative beliefs can be and how it can stunt your growth with anything, especially when it becomes into the creative space. And one thing that Julia says is negative beliefs are exactly that beliefs, not facts. We want to make, we want to believe that they are facts and that's what stops us from going after something that we are passionate about or want to be passionate about. But that's the reality of the situation is we create these false facts in our heads to stop us from doing the thing that we want to do. I think for me going forward, it's remembering that is that it's just a belief, not a fact. The fact of the matter is is that 
you're doing something that you're passionate about. You're doing something that makes you happy first and foremost, really, that why would you stop that just because you want to have these negative thoughts? And for me, I think it's interesting that like a belief that's formed can take over your life as much of it as it does and how like what's impactful to you as you grow up throughout the years holds with you and defines who you are. I want to be able to make my own decisions and define that for myself and being in that place in my own journey and path. I think that I'm just really happy that we're going through this program and to see where I am when I come out of this is going to be something that I'm really excited for. It's interesting that I know part of the exercise, it says don't go back into your morning pages and read stuff like that. But uh -huh. especially for today, I couldn't help but reflect in that same manner of, I'm so happy that this kind of came into my life at the time that it did. And one of the lines that I wrote in there is that I hope that Ayla's also going through the same kind of transformation or something that is having a positive effect in her life. Yeah. I think that especially with not only us, but those who are listening to that there is the sense of camaraderie when it comes to this. And I know that's only week one, but <laughs> getting really far into it. But I think it's nice that the fact that we're going through this together. And yeah. There are similarities, but also everyone's experience is unique. And it's interesting to see that different perspective. Definitely. And I've written about that too. I think on day, like the second time I did the morning pages, because it wasn't day two, <laughs> I wrote, I wonder if JR is able to do this every single day. <laughs> Valid, valid, valid. <laughs> but along with this section, the following section of affirmation goes hand in hand where we actually go into our blurts, which was touched on earlier in the episode, but reading over the negative beliefs and saying things is where the blurts come out. And it says to make a list of your personal blurts and where do your blurts come from and that was one of the first activities I did. And it was interesting what came up for me because I think the ideas of, so one of it, so they have you write I, your name, am a brilliant and prolific blank. And so when I was writing that, one of the blurts that came up for me was, how can you be brilliant when it doesn't come naturally to you? Oh, wow. And I was thinking about the idea of like prodigies and how we use the word geniuses or masters. And for me, the connotation is that they've just always gotten it and they have been good since the beginning. And for me, when something doesn't stick, I'm like, how can I be great at it then if it's not just something that comes to me? And so I think that one was the one that really stuck out to me anyway. For me, three things ended up coming about that exercise. First one is you can't say this. I think it's just this sense of me writing it out and not feeling like I'm there yet makes me feel like I can't say these words because they don't make any sense. Second one was, do you even believe that? In the sense that because I am writing it as if it's already happening, can I even see myself in that light right now? And then the last one is you can't prove it. So a lot of what I was writing, I think it came down to like, line six or line seven of just that particular bullet coming out. But the reality of the situation is that there have been many times where I have proven it and stopping that negative thought right there in its tracks of saying that, yes, I can. It might not be the perfect 
um, example, or maybe I didn't quite like what I had produced, but I still did it, really just proved to me that these negative thoughts can be stopped and that it's really important to do. Yeah, you can almost defend yourself and say, okay, but what about this? Which is something that was cool that came up. I also had the, like, how can you say that when you can't even do it? <laughs> and I was like, okay, listen. <laughs> but following the activity, she has us like write out the affirmations that are basically like contrary to those things. And she gives a couple examples, but the ones, I'll just pull a couple from my list that I have. I put as I create and listen, I will be led. For me, I've always approached art with I need to know what I'm doing. But this affirmation tells me that I can just start and see where it leads me instead. Mm -hmm. And I think that telling myself that will remove that block for me. I also have I am willing to let myself learn to create because I think that that's been hard for me as well, where I just have all these beliefs that I'm like, I'm not going to even start. And right. so telling myself like, you deserve to be able to learn. That's something that is important to me. And then I also have any creative endeavor is art. Um, because a lot of times I'll be like, oh, is graphic design even art? Do people even acknowledge it this way? And I think that holds to the belief that like, I still am holding other people's opinions like above my own. And, and I want to remind myself that even if other people don't see that, that doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah, I'm happy that you picked those out because those were the ones that really stuck out for me as well. A couple other ones for me, my creativity heals myself and others. And the other one is my creativity leads me to forgiveness and self-forgiveness. And I think for those, for myself, there's this sense of trying to get back to my quote-unquote old self, a happier version, a more carefree version of myself. And I think a lot of that, and I think this can attest to, to therapy as well, is that a lot of the work that we do for ourselves is in an effort to either heal ourselves or to forgive us for things that may have done in the past or may have done to ourselves. And I think being creative allows me that avenue to not only focus on something that brings me joy, but also allows me to understand that this thing that I didn't want to do because I felt like I couldn't is actually a way for me to forgive myself in the sense of, hey, you might have doubted yourself in the past, but now you're actually doing it. So forgive yourself of thinking that way and let's keep working at it. Yeah. And I think that's greatly said. I find myself through this process having more time to reflect and think about where I am and where I want to be and how we can move through these beliefs and also find the energy and strength to heal that within ourselves. And I think that it's interesting going through these this process like week by week because we'll be able to see that kind of change in where it becomes like a turning point for us. Mm -hmm. But I think it's cool how these affirmations are integrated into it because I know we've done an episode on affirmations before and talking about how that self-talk needs to change. And I know in here she mentions how if we even had a fraction of the negative self-talk into positive, that it would be instrumental in changing our lives. And so I'm really happy that you're getting similar things out of it to me, but also how we can see where the differences lie between us. Mm -hmm. It really is a cool process. 
No, it's super cool. And I'm happy to see the growth within you and what it is that you're experiencing throughout all this. And I think learning more about yourself as well and what it is that we're ultimately learning about each other because as much as we've been doing the show and as much as we've been knowing each other, I think there's aspects of us that we haven't tapped into, but it's really encouraging to see that we're going at it at the same time. I think what's great about the conversation in itself is that we get to go on this journey together. And while we're in our own individual self-discovery journeys, I think that the community that LYF kind of brings in that our conversation brings not only to building our friendship, but also to setting that platform for people to realize that the importance of community and having other people that they can do this alongside with. I'm glad that they get to see our journey as well. Yeah, 100%. And to round it out for week one, there are tasks at the end of this chapter. What tasks or tasks did you pick for this week? Yeah, I didn't do all of them. I tried not to repeat what I did last time because I felt like the answers were still very similar. But I did the morning pages, which was task one. I did the artist date, which was task two. I also did the write a letter to the editor in your defense. Um, oh, nice. And so it's basically like a like defending yourself for the people that have said negative things about your art or who you are. And that was a really fun process, actually, because it recommended writing it in the voice of your wounded artist and like from a child's point of view. And I just let loose with it and just wrote out all my feelings about it. And whether it was logical or not, it felt healing to just be upset and then just move on. So that one was really fun. I also did the list three old champions of your creative self-worth. This is your hall of champions, those who wish you and your creativity, creativity well. And that was actually really fun for me as well because it reminded me that there are people in my life that do support me. I also did the imaginary lives activity. We've talked about this before and I love this activity. So I wanted to do this one again to be able to see how it's changed for me. And it has. And so I learned a little bit more about myself through that and where I am and where I'm going on my journey. This activity basically says that if you had five other lives to lead, what would you do in each of them? So in other universes, what would you do? Whether it would be her list is like a pilot, a scuba diver, a belly dancer, a coach. And so for me, when I was looking into this, I learned a lot more about who I'm becoming and what I want to do. And it also has you do something. And I aligned my artist date with that this week because one of them is a designer of some sort. So whether it's graphic design, website design, anything to that extent, which is seeming like what I want to do in this lifetime. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and so my artist date, I did try to do graphic design a little bit and that was really fun. And then I did the affirmations and blurts, of course. And then I took my artist for a walk. Oh, okay. I like you... that. So there were a couple things, obviously the blurts and the affirmations ended up diving a little bit more into that. And that actually pulled me into number three, the time travel list, three old enemies of your creative self-worth. Please be as specific as possible in doing this exercise. Your historic monsters are the building blocks of your core negative beliefs. And this was actually the only one uh, task that I did because of how much introspection I was going into with this. And I remember I mentioned that earlier, it was hard for me to identify 
these enemies, quote-unquote, because a lot of it was stemming from myself, which I think in a certain way it's easier to blame yourself for a lot of things, but I think that the blaming of myself parts of it is pretty valid. But I did take a long time to really dive into this a little bit more and it was interesting the things that came up i think that one of them as i love my parents but i think one of them was that and the last one was actually my job as as much as my job allows for at the time a lot of creativity i think that there's something to be said about there to be structure within your job and that there are things that you can't deter from. So I think a lot of that plays into not realizing my self-worth because I have to do it a certain way or with my parents of not feeling like I'm going to make any money off of it or anything like that. It was definitely interesting to go through that exercise and really take the time to, to look into that. Yeah, I think that when we blame ourselves, um, it's easy to do that and just be like, yeah, it's something I believe. And that's how it's a true core belief because you've convinced yourself that it's you believing it. But for me, as I've gone through like, and the reason I didn't do this one is because I'm doing it in therapy. But as I've followed through with those trains of thoughts and tried to find the origin, it's really interesting that there is there is someone or something that has made you believe that, whether it's so long ago that you don't even remember now. I think it's really interesting. And I'm happy that you gave yourself the time to explore it because I know that's a big one. And if it does count, Morning Pages and Artist Date, you also did, and The Blurts. So you did do more than one. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I will also mention that I did highlight one thing that I did want to do, whether it be today or throughout this entire week is number seven, which is select and write one or write out one happy piece of encouragement, write a thank you letter and mail it to yourself or to the long lost mentor. I think that is going to have a lot of impact, especially mm. with where I'm at right now, but also it'd be interesting to do this one later on down the road after kind of creating those building blocks over time. So definitely going to revisit this again and try to tackle a couple more. Cool. Yeah. And what's great about it is she even says that you can always go back and finish. And maybe today I'll finish a couple other ones too. But I think it's been a successful week one for where we've started. And it'll be cool to see each week checking in every Monday with you all to be able to progress on our journey. And I hope that if you're listening, whether it's following along with us or just picking out some activities you want to do on your own, we invite you to do that. And so with that, any final remarks, JR? No, I'm super happy with how things are going so far. It's only week one, so I'm encouraged in figuring out what else we'll see about ourselves. I think this so far has just been a pretty positive experience and has done a lot of good, not only for me, but for you as well. And really excited to see where week two brings us. Definitely. We'll see you all in week two. And with that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what recovering a sense of safety means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.